What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 279 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. Uh, and uh, today we're, we're really excited. Uh, we're going to be talking all about selling in Mexico and Latin America. So much opportunity. Uh, I mean, growing marketplaces, uh, just, you know, hungry consumers uh, for products. Uh, there's so much to talk about and so much opportunity for people that are just selling exclusively in the US or the UK right now. Uh, so we're super excited about this conversation. But joining us to talk all about it is Ramiro, Ramiro Velasco from Go Avance. What's up, Ramiro? Hey, guys. How's it going? You got that right. Ramiro Velasco. Was, it was about as good as we could have uh, hoped for. It was fantastic. Thank you. I'm super glad to join you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, well, we're we're really excited. I mean, this is fascinating. Um, you know, admittedly, Chris and myself don't know much about this, so it's a great topic to talk about. Um, and and you guys are you're you're down there doing the work, uh, helping sellers right now, selling Latin America. And I, there, we have so many questions that we want to get into. But I want to start with you. I want to turn it over to you, Ramiro, and just give us a little background: how you you know what you were doing previous to this, and how you ended up in the e-commerce space and Latin America specifically and started Go Avance. Let's hear the story. And, and totally, before we yeah. get into that, before we get into that, those listening definitely want to go over to YouTube, check out this recording because uh, Ramiro's got some serious swag. Yeah. And so you can, you. You can, you can see you. the swag on display. <laughs> if you want to see the swag, I, go watch this. As a, as a traditional, you know, like as a guy, you don't know how to take compliments. So you get a little bit awkward, but thank no, you. Man, really appreciate it. <laughs> you got to lean, lean into it, right? <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, a little bit about myself. Let's see. Um, I, was, I was born in 92. Let's start there. When I was two and a half years old, I got moved out of the country, got flipped all around the world, uh, lived in over 10 countries. Um, eventually made the call to come back to Mexico and live here, right? Like ultimately when I was about 23, 24, I was like, you know what? Like I want to go back home. I hadn't been back home for nearly a decade. And I was like, all right, like we gotta, we gotta see if we still fit in. So I come back, you know, by this point, like I have a degree in engineering, which I'd never planned to use in my life. Um, and I'm just, I don't know what to do with my life. You know, like it's a weird spot in your time, in your life. So uh, I started applying for jobs, seriously, just closed my eyes and threw darts. And probably the luckiest thing was I ran into my now partner, uh, Mike, Mike Begg from AMZ Advisors, with whom um, he hired me originally to do uh, account management, uh, you know, sort of customer, uh, client communication and so on. And... Um, I really like the e-commerce space, like immediately from the get-go. What you eventually, what it came down to is like you're consistently solving problems, right? And like the whole thing is, it's essentially your every single day is your puzzle solving, and it's all I like doing. Like in my free time, like as soon as I get off work, I'm like playing chess. Like it's the same sort of thing. I'm bad at chess. No one ever tried to challenge me. I'm awful, but I play all the time. Um, and that was about, God, I don't know, six years ago, right? uh get really good at, at growing accounts get really good at you know communicating to consumers sort of why you should buy our product and all these things basically all the marketing stuff that we do on amazon um and then the time came to do uh sort of the same thing in mexico we're like hey let's do an, an agency and let's let's start you know um helping sellers sell and so on and just the market was too different 
the market was too different and we ran into so many roadblocks um even just setting up legal entities you know even things like hey we need a tax id yeah well you actually need to know a guy and it's like i'm trying to give the government my money like why do i need to know a guy right so sort of went through like legal turmoil for like a couple like six months and we're like this doesn't like the market's not really there for an agency it's not really what we want to be doing and then we saw this huge niche and like hey the, the uh, mexican sellers that we're working with um because we did work with a couple um with the knowledge that we're bringing in we're smashing the market and we're smashing the market because um the way we see it is Amazon Mexico and Amazon Latin America, essentially Amazon the US about seven years ago, right? So if you're talking 2016, 2017, uh, Amazon, what was it? It was, hey, you got to get your bullets right. You got to get your uh, your images right. There was less marketing and more sort of like systematized algorithm hacking. Um, and we started doing like what we normally do and we were crushing, like 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 results that we've never, like they, they were just silly. So we're like, wait a second. And the marketplace is barren. So we're like, what if we help sellers get into Mexico? We use our knowledge to start crushing the market and basically lower those barriers to entry. And that's sort of how we landed at our, our like sort of what we're currently doing. It's literally just, uh, and then from the other side of things, like as a Mexican, I'm tired of waiting seven days to get my products. If it's something that we don't have in Mexico and like sort of the customer experience isn't great. So it seemed like just a no brainer. Like we can actually just help bridge that gap and lower the barriers to entry as much as possible and uh yeah it's sort of my 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 work story and my life story are very intertwined because i mean you guys know this you're working 24 7 and it sort of feels like uh who are you oh i'm just I, this is what i do and it's like no but who are you well this is what i do so um i guess that's a little bit of background about myself you know in the e-commerce space um six years let's, let's get it deep, deeper so like what how do you help brands sell like what are you doing oh what are you, okay what are you, sure. what are you doing there yeah sure um all right so a couple things there's a bunch of ways to get into mexico right if you want to do it natively you need to first of all let's go by this you guys have for sure uh used uh remote fulfillment right narf yeah. and it's uh you're paying like eight bucks delivery which is ridiculous your consumer's paying another eight bucks delivery which is ridiculous um like it's like well then why are you charging it for fba man like if there's <laughs> a consumer's paying for it and then like half of your items you can't get in. You've got small and light. You've got restricted products. Oh, it's a pet product. You can't do it. Um, and overall, like you have no real measurement of what the market wants, right? So it's like, all right. Oh, and uh, if you try to do Mexican FBA, it's like, all right, I'll ship the products, get them into Mexico. I mean, I'm sure we've all tried this. So let me ship into FBA. And it goes, all right, what's your tax ID? <laughs> like bro like, like come what? on like, give me a, like give me just a break um so you got a couple options you can do R, you can do uh native which is getting a business entity tax id setting up legal representative and all these things or what we figured is we can actually do that for you um what we're doing is basically acting as the sellers of your product we are the importers and legal owners of the product we had to figure out a bunch of things like accounting uh, taxes uh workarounds like there's like a whole framework that had to happen for us to be able to to consistently and safely bring in a bunch of product because ultimately when you're liable for you know tens of thousands of dollars of product like you want to make sure you're doing things right um but basically, we, we sell under, we have a bunch of Amazon accounts. 
um, we sell under these Amazon accounts when we have the whole framework to sell your product through uh, us. And essentially our sort of commitment, whether it's um, a restricted product, non-restricted product and so on, our commitment is that your workload should end the second the the, uh, the product reaches my warehouse, right? It's like, look, I can't, I can't, I can't do, if I, trust me, if I could go pick up the product myself at your house or whatever, like I would do it. Um, but I can't. So the second it reaches our warehouse, which we have a warehouse in Texas, um, get it off your mind. Next time I bother you, it's either with a report of like, hey, this is how much you sold or hey, we need more product. And, and how does it work for the brands? Are we, are you buying it like at a wholesale cost or you just take a percentage of the sale? Like what does the brand have to do? We settled on, okay, so this is a really good question. Um, we settled on a percentage of, of sales at the end, but this is for two very specific reasons. Um, one, we want to be as cheap as possible. Um, and the reason we want to be as cheap as possible isn't for our clients. Like, honestly, like that's secondary. It's a consumer experience. We want to pass a lot of the savings to the consumer because obviously Mexico is a lower purchasing power country. I mean, we have, we have like a thriving middle class and we have like all these uh, remote jobs and people earning in dollars and there's all these things happening. But on average, we're a, a lower purchasing power country. So for us, it's like we need to be cheap so we can not be adding our costs to the consumer. So if we want to lower our costs as much as possible, we can't hold the risk of holding product, right? Like it just, otherwise the risk reward is, is completely right. skewed off. So we do a percentage of, of sales um, from which we, we also deduct things like obviously Amazon will take their 15%, you know, FBA will take their cut and so on and so on. But that's where we really use our expertise to be like, all right, this is where we're pricing the product. Are we comfortable with that? We have tons of calls that it's like, oh, the margins don't work. We're like, that's fine. Like we're not, you know, we can't, we can't make this work for everyone. It's like, but it's got to make sense for you. Because if it doesn't make sense for you, then all we're going to have is angry phone calls every other weekend. I can't handle that. I don't like being people mm -hmm. being mean to me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the whole point is like, let's be cheap, let's be easy and let's be scalable, right? Because um, look, ultimately, and this is sort of uh, where we really hit the niche in the market is, um, it's a gamble. Anytime you're, you're allocating resources, with it, whether it be capital, whether it be infantry, whether it be time, there's opportunity costs. And then it's, it's always going to be a gamble. Now, Mexico is an unproven market. Mexico is a market that is, that is coming on the up and up. Like we've had what, like three years, 30% year over year. Like it's, it's on the way up. NARF and also NARF doesn't cover mortality, but it's like, there's a whole of upside. Like we know, but we understand that you probably don't want to allocate time and capital that aggressively for, for somewhere that you're not sure if it's going to work. So that's where we're saying, look, we can lower these barriers of entry as much as possible. Because you know what, like if you're, if you're not Mexican, you're coming in and you want to start a business entity, let's do it natively. It's going to cost you 30, 40, 50 K. Cause you, you pay what I call you the non-Spanish speaking tax. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's fair. And I think it's fair and valid. Like I totally get it. But, um, what we figured is, look, it's an unproven market. We're, we're essentially, uh, offering a chance to get in early into the market and really like, 
get a head start. Like we were doing some numbers the other day, a client that we've worked with in the U.S. for years and years and years. They're doing in the U.S. Uh, on average. So this is including uh, branded search terms and all these things. 74 cents uh, CPC, right? Like average Cheap. in Mexico, in Mexico, it's 14 cents CPC, yeah. right? So it's like when they're like, how much do we need to launch? I'm like, not a lot. Like we can do it. Not a lot. So, yeah. So, but we understand. So just going back to what I, what I was saying, we understand that it's an unproven market. So what we're saying is we can lower that risk for you. So we can really uh, help essentially play vendor central and fill out the market uh, niches across the board is sort of the. Talk, talk about the negative side of the NARF program. Cause as sellers we're like, Oh cool. NARF let's do it. But I know there's a bad experience on the customer side of that. So break that down. What, why not? Why is NARF not a good thing? Um, so I don't want, so as a seller, there's one bad thing I think which is, well, there's a bunch of you talking like, oh, we're not generating the right demand and everything. But like directly, there's one bad thing. I don't want to pay eight bucks FBA for something that costs me four bucks in the US. Like, right? Like, but as a consumer, if you guys were on Mexican TikTok, you would see there's so many memes about like, I don't want to buy something, pay another eight, like pay $8 on top of whatever I bought to have it, to have to wait seven days to get it. Like, that's insane. Like, we've moved so, so, so much faster. So I don't think everybody knows all this. So if I enroll my products in the NARF program and somebody buys it in Mexico, the consumer has to pay additional fees for it to anything, get there and they got to wait longer? So anything over a threshold that depends on a per category basis will be subject to tax, which uh, it's, it's one of the big things that people are getting around, which is like smaller items you're not paying the tax on. In those cases, like NARF, it's great. Um or it has its upside. Um, if it's above a certain threshold, you'll be paying tax, which already wow. you're adding to the shipping. Another thing, statistically, in Mexico, the amount of consumers that have Prime is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, this is a huge breaking point for us. Like, you have to consider, we basically treat it as if everyone's paying for uh, shipping anyway. Because if someone doesn't have Prime, it doesn't matter if you have a prime subscription. If if you have it in FBA, they're paying for shipping as well, hmm. right? So what we're doing here is essentially double dipping, on, or Amazon doing is double dipping on the on the shipping, and that's passed on to the consumer. Um, so just based on all these factors, what you end up seeing is uh, products being sold natively, so like in from Mexico, even at slightly higher price points, will convert way better. Because if we know something as, as Amazon sellers and Amazon buyers is that two-day shipping is a huge plus. So there's the time yeah. factor of receiving my product is, is a huge plus, right? And I'm sure you've gone through it like in a rush, like like it happened to me last year, friend's birthday, I did not get him his present. And I was like, oh my God. And Prime, uh, and Amazon was like, all right, it's two-day shipping. And I was like, that's not even good enough. And I was like calling local shops, trying to find what I was going to get him. So there's a huge time factor that is always going to be an issue. And for us, like, it doesn't make sense to have it uh, come from the U.S. and wait nearly. What are some it. what are some categories that you see a lot of growth in now in Mexico that are just, you know, gaining a lot of momentum? Are there certain categories that are just booming? Yeah. I mean, look, we have a, a rollout strategy, which obviously we play a little bit close to our chest. But what I can say 
is um, general consumer goods are, are are a real focus right now for uh, setting up for Q4. It's, I mean, that it makes complete sense, right? Where it's like, uh, we see a stronger seasonality than in the U.S. I mean, in the U.S., Q4, look, we all talk about Q4. We love Q4. And that, as an agency, you love Q4. But at the same time, Q4 is accounted for. Everyone sort of sits around and go, oh, and then in Q4, we'll like do this this multiplier and then we'll hit this goal. Like we all sort of just accept it. In Mexico, the general consumer behavior is like around Christmas time, around this shopping time. You go, have you checked on Amazon? You can probably get it cheaper. Hey, have you checked on Amazon? There's still that conversation happening. It's not every, you don't assume that everyone already has. So seasonality that we're seeing for Q4 is massive. So general consumer goods, absolutely massive. Um, and then we're finding a lot of just what we're focusing on is uh, niches that people have a hard time getting access to. Um, we have the internal capabilities to approve. I mean, when I say we approve, we're not the government, but um, to get approvals for a lot of um, a lot of restricted areas, right? Whether that be cleaning, whether that be you know electronics, like a lot of the stuff that needs to be cleared by. Uh, customs first or, or, or governments first was sort of our uh, where we really started seeing like oh these markets are basically dominated by the cheapest item you can find and that's not what consumers are going to always gravitate towards right so that's where we're seeing really good results with the with the uh, consumers that we've brought in with the clients that we've brought in um cleaning was surprising cleaning was really surprising i've been shopping on amazon for 10 years now right or longer and I was like, why would you ever buy your detergent on Amazon? That makes no sense. Just go to the shop and get it. And it turns out people do. <laughs> so, okay. I'm not going to say right. that. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I listen to this. The, the business model is, is fascinating. And, it, and it's, almost a, it's almost a no-brainer for sellers like Chris and myself in the U.S. I mean, look, what? I don't even want to contemplate trying to set up all the business entities and no. the capital into it. When like you, you correctly said, it's, it's untested. Like, how do I know how my products are going to do? I mean, I'm going to, you know, they might do great. They might not do great. And I'm out all of that capital that I invested in getting the right structures. That being, that being said, it's also easier. It's like you mentioned, it's like having a, a vendor account. Uh, it's like you will just ship uh, siphon off, a thousand units uh, that are going to go to you. You handle everything, uh, and the flexibility on growth is is really easy there. I can we can keep adding products from our line to, to what you sell. So I'm fascinated by it because I think it makes it, it makes Thank perfect you. yeah it makes perfect sense uh, and and it's it's very intriguing. Um, as for us, for us in the United States, okay, if if this is something that we're interested in doing. Are, are there products that can't be sold in Mexico? It, you know, what does it look like to get the products to you? Um, you know, customs or whatever needs to be done. You know, is, you know, what's the challenges on, on our end since you're solving the challenges on that end? Well, that's, uh, that's such a good question. Um, we unfortunately do have a bunch of calls where it's like, we actually can't run your product. We're sorry, but we do the legwork, right? Like we, Again, like my mentality, look, I was an account manager for years. I know what it's like to have people be mad at me. So I'd rather do the legwork. And I'm also incredibly conflict averse, which is a whole different thing. Um, 
what I, what I, like what we do is do the legwork to say, hold on, give me a, give me like a week. We're gonna run it by the experts and know if we can do your product or if we can. Now we've slowly opened up a bunch of these doors where now we can do more and more as we get more permits for the company. Because obviously, um, the way it works in Mexico is you sort of the company has the permission or like the 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 approval to man to handle certain uh, products, right? So as we open up those more and more, we are reaching back out and say like, hey, we actually can do this now. Um, so on that side, uh, yes, but we also handle the whole thing. On the side like approvals, on the side like um, we actually do all of that. Uh, you need a Mexican tax ID to run through everything, uh, and we we have one. We have several actually. <laughs> Surprise! So we actually um we can we do all of the approval stuff uh, so on your end it's mostly hey send me this documentation um a lot of the time like fda approved products are pretty much good to go um there's enough uh sort of crossover between i mean i think mexico just surprised just uh surpassed china as the u.s's number one trading partner which is uh, this happened about two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. so that will give you the scale of um sort of how intertwined it is. So a lot of this, we actually, is, is it's not directly crossoverable, new word, but we actually get to say, hey, like here's the FDA papers. And they go, okay, cool. Let me just do, 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 You're good to go. In some cases, it's like, bro, this is going to take eight months. Let's not even, you know, it's going to take eight months and a couple thousand dollars. Let's, let's, it's not worth it for you right now. You know? So the hassle we try to do is hassle-free as possible. Then the other, the only other thing that you really have to worry about, and it's something that we uh, consistently sort of, um, we, we still try to bring internal, like at least the stress of it, is like how much you want to spend, how do you want to, um, you know, creatives, we can generate them, but can you send me your, your creative like uh, templates or branding, anything that you that you may have? Because um, we're born out of an agency, right? We get to run everything and out execute everyone on platforms through the agency. So like, I don't have, like we don't run our own advertising team. We already have an advertising team that we're, that we're leveraging to make sure that your products are being, you know, positioned as well as possible. So a lot of these headaches, we're just trying to take off of your mind. Like, and like you said, this is literally the, the idea is we're selling an unproven market. I'm sure a year from now, when, when you know, another Amazon statistics, statistics coming out saying, hey, like, Top the numbers again, top the numbers again. It's going to get easier to sort of sell people on the market. But right now it's like, I know, I know that you have your hesitations. Let me just make it easy. Because ultimately our value is um, helping people get in. Like, yeah. You know. Like I said, and, the- and there's probably some other marketplaces other than Amazon. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing that you guys, May help with are are there any other marketplaces that you guys can help with? Yeah, so we have to come up with a couple neat logistic solutions um, to make sure that we were running originally into issues like oh no we have uh, inventory in one but not the other and so we had to go up with a couple just clever and like both API sort of like backend connections and then also just like inventory distribution things but because um, yeah we actually do run on Mercado Libre as well and let's see that's a huge part for us Mercado Libre I believe this year is the first year that Amazon seller is is bigger than Mercado Libre in Mexico I believe um, but I would have to double check on that and I, I I think it's just I'm I may be basing it on previous trends on how close it was to overtaking it but um, it's it's 
huge. It's gigantic. And really, depending on the product that you have, you're going to see different sort of um, volume distributions. You'll see with some of our products, Macaulay Way just is crushing Amazon. Wow. Because the demographic that's searching for these products is primarily in Mercado and so on. So, um, again, we use this data to, to allocate inventory and to make sure that it's making sense. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge part. Like, if you're, that's a huge thing. If, like I said, there's alternatives. There's a NARF equivalent for Mercado Libre. It's called Mercado Libre Global Selling. You send your product to Miami and then they ship it from there. But again, like if that's the route, like the reason I'm, I'm I'm very happy with that is if that's a route you want to go, like then we're probably not the solution for you. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so massive market. Sorry, I just I tend to digress a little bit. That's all right. No. What <clears throat> in terms of the products themselves, are there things that are restricted from being sold in Mexico based on like the category, like electronics or where the products? originally manufactured are there any things that it's just right off the bat you're like you cannot sell that in the mexico marketplace not really there's some there's some supplements that uh the u.s will approve that mexico has banned um other than that it's mostly a tariff thing it's mostly going to be like hey man like this was made in china which you already paid tariffs on the way into the u.s you're going to pay more tariffs on the way to me does it really make sense? Uh, we have clients that go, yes, it does make sense. Like, go ahead, let's, you know, because next next shipment, next shipment, we'll just send it from China and then we'll only pay the tariff once and so on. So um, as far as fully restricted products, not so much. It's mostly uh, products that we can't make make sense for you right now. It's the, the how, how we present it, you know. Let, let's say... Um... I've been selling my product in the U.S. marketplace, whatever, 10 years, very established listing, lots of reviews, doing great. If if we partner with you and now we want to get that product into the Mexico marketplace, it's run through your account. Are, are you piggybacking off of that U.S. listing or are you rewriting it in Spanish? We... Okay, so that's a couple of questions. One, we absolutely have to rewrite it. Um, Amazon's uh, translations are bad, and they're also not SEO optimized, right? right. Like, um, so we do have to rewrite it. We have the content team, so that they do that. Images, it depends on the market and price point. What we find is some market, some price points, in some markets prefer English listings or English images. Um, so we will leave those up. If not, then we will uh, generate those. Uh, as well um as far as the piggybacking of the actual listing we generally try to we want to hold on to those reviews uh which is the number one reason unless uh and this is something that we try not to do but we've had problems with let's say you have four and a half stars in the u.s but all the mexican reviews are one star because whoever sold it before oh, let's see, oh, oh, i'll get to that in a second um if all the if all the uh, Mexican reviews are one star, then that's going to drop our conversion rate. So we're open to like generating new listings for them and so on. But that's something that we talk over with our clients, right? Because what happened, and this is what I was going to get into, for a long time is a lot of uh, there's a lot of U.S. products are are findable in Mexico through dropshippers. 
that are three, three, three and a half xing the price, and then just ordering from Amazon.com and paying that shipping and making up that difference. But there's no one going after them, right? (laughs) Because U.S. sellers can't protect their listing, right? And you can't go straight into Mexico. There's no solution for it. And that's what we really see as as our primary competition. Right, it's like, all right, look. First of all, all these guys that are reselling, let's let's get them out. Let's 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 get them out, and let's get the consumer a fair. Yeah, (laughs) and let's get the consumer a fair price, man. Let's get the consumer a fair price. Um, Like I said, our first our first priority is consumers, right? Like, um, but yeah. So so, oh, I lost my train of thought for a second. I got, I got, I got shaken like a etch sketch for a second. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the oh, listings. Uh, you're, you, you'll redo the listings. Uh, you'll try to piggyback off the reviews unless there's low review count uh, or bad yeah. review count on the Mexican side, or uh, if there's been a lot of uh, resellers. Exactly. So uh, thank you, thank you. So the the way to wrap that up is. Um, the resellers very often give consumers awful experiences. And that's where those one-star reviews come from. Because the one-star reviews very often, if you like Google Translate them, what they'll say is never arrived, arrived mm-hmm. broken. You know, package arrived open because it went through customs and customs opened it to make sure you're not, you know, doing dodgy things. So that's the some of the times that we'll have to recreate the listings. But for the most part, we just do try to feedback. Are there any, um, this is kind of, Tying and selling, but I've heard of like sourcing shows or sourcing um, conferences that take place either in like in uh, in Mexico City, I believe there's one. But uh, how are those performing? Do you guys go to those at all, like to see brands and help them out, or what's that look like? We missed. So there's this really big one. I'm blanking on the name, but we we missed this year. We went last year. Um, this year we just have too many, too many uh, things cooking at once. Um, they're great, honestly. Like they they're growing year over year. Like this is a third year, I believe it's been done. Um, they're fantastic. What I my personal experience because I try to find sourcing for some of my clients. I was like, so I was there on a work capacity, but then like as with a booth and yeah. presenting, and then I was like, actually, um, I'm also going to take a walk around. <laughs> <laughs> and try yeah. to find someone. Um, what I found is they're great, but it's mostly it felt more networking. We have some close, like friends of ours. I, I can call them partners, but they're also close friends of ours that specialize in um, sourcing, and they have that business up and running um, with their whole their own host of headaches. And they did really well at these conferences. So they go they go year every year and literally all of our booths we were like sort of sitting around and they had a line around the block the well the of people going hey yes this is actually what we're interested in so there's a huge demand for sourcing i have friends of mine that literally like we didn't meet in the e-commerce space like my sister-in-law who works for a textile sourcing company now in mexico right where it's like hey we make these hats can we make it in Mexico? Sure. Let me find you the manufacturer. Let me send you a couple and does that whole thing. And they also do the quality control and so on. Um, it's a huge booming market, huge booming market, the sourcing. I think uh, it is probably if I, if I had been a little smarter, I would have gotten into that first. Uh, <laughs> and are, and are, you seeing, are you seeing the same 
as far as like private label brands and just, you know, regular people just starting to start their own FBA businesses? Is that a growing area as well? I love that question because you know what? I tried and I went out and I went knocking on doors. I wanted to do, uh, you know, the seriously, typical Amazon example. You know, the uh, essential oil burners where you put the candle underneath ceramic ones. I was like, that's it. That's it. I'm going after one of those. I'm going to launch one of those. There's a very like known place in like my city or city like adjacent to mine um, that does ceramics. And I went out and I went knocking on doors. Hello, I'm looking for manufacturers of this. Hello, like literally walked around an entire day. Couldn't find any. Couldn't find any. If anyone wants to be a billionaire right now, <laughs> make an Alibaba for Mexico. And you know what? I'll be a consumer. But it's not easy because you got to go and you got to go find uh, sourcing agents. And that's sort of what like sourcing companies are doing right now, right? Yeah. Because um, I, you know what? I could never launch it. You know what, what would have been easier? Ordering from Alibaba. Yeah. <laughs> and they're definitely and making those. they're definitely manufacturing that stuff in Mexico. Like, yeah, like they sell it in Walmart now for 160 pesos, eight bucks. You're not bringing that in and going like you're getting that around the block. But mm-hmm. how do you find these guys? Is the huge challenge in Mexican sourcing. Good opportunity. So huge opportunity. I mean, look, I'm a huge believer in Mexico right there's a reason i moved back here mostly you know the people the food or whatever i love i love my country but over the past couple of years what we've seen is peso getting super strong like uh, look I, I make my money in dollars i'm earning 15 percent less like it, it hurts but it hurts good because because it's good for everyone um we're seeing things like the uh tesla factory being built in mexico right which is right we're seeing uh, remote work really taking over a lot of the Mexican uh, sort of middle classes, finding these new jobs and generating that wealth. Um, so literally what we're seeing is I think Mexico is poised to, for a gold rush over the next 10 years. And we're, we're literally doing like a 1%, like we're doing like such a small slice of the pie of everything that needs to happen because we've seen this happen in the U.S., yeah. right? Like what was the U.S.? like 2013 to 2020 Amazon. It was insane. Crazy. And like, it's like, competition's good. Competition's great, but you know what I want to do instead of competing? Having 18,000 reviews on my garlic crusher. That's what I want. (laughs) That's what I want, you know? And that's what, so that's what we're trying to do, help people get in. And, uh, but there's going to be so many more spaces. Like I guarantee you, Helium 10 is going to like do something for Mexico specifically. And, you know, and I guarantee you that anyone like I, I, so many companies are just going to start throwing things yep. at Mexico because the money's going to be there. Yep. Right. Like that's, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy how we're really excited about our project and we're like, yeah, it's just getting like, started the smallest possible. Yeah. We're the smallest possible bit. So cool. It's exciting. I mean, a growing economy there is just going to make e-commerce better and better and better. And on that note, what like compared to the U S market for like a staple product, let's just say, 
what kind of volume is Mexico doing on Amazon in comparison? Or you could even uh, combine Mercado Libre with, with Amazon, like in total, how does that compare if, if we're selling there? So on average, what you'll see, so the official statistic for Amazon volume versus US volume is tiny. It's under 5%. And you're like, wait, that's awful. <laughs> that sounds so bad. Optimized listings that are actually, because it's so much easier to, talk, to get top of pay of uh, a bunch of search terms. Um, what we're seeing is we're aiming for at least 10% of US sales within the first six months, right? At least just on Amazon. And then you can add the Mercado Libre uh, volume to that. So we're generally looking at about 15%, which to any established company, you go, hey, you want to go a free 15% over the next six months? They go, yes, please, here you go. <laughs> like, you Where do I sign up? It's like, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you like 500 bucks a month, man, like in ads. <laughs> yes, please, let's go. Um, and ultimately, like, it's tough having these conversations where it's like, look, the goal isn't exactly for you to i mean like i said like we want to get to that 15 percent within six months but the real value here is you can be the eighteen thousand dollar uh, the eighteen thousand review garlic crusher right like what happens if you're in first you get that rank one and it's a lot easier to hold it like we all know it's a lot easier to hold it than to get it <laughs> yes mm -hmm. and let's grow over the next seven years yeah, because that percentage, right. that market share is going to keep increasing. It's going to go from 5 and 10% to 15 to 20. I mean, Mexico is not a small population country. No. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. And, and the way I see it is, okay, so we have 120 million people. Let's round. 120 million people. Um, let's call it even the top 10%. Like, let's not even go too broad, like even the top 10%, 12 million people that are new to buying on the platform. Like it's an emerging e-commerce market. So I don't, I don't talk about 120 million people. Sure, that's a fact. And sure, as Amazon grows, it will trickle and more people, more percentage will buy. But right now we have essentially 12 million people completely open to trying new brands. Completely open to not have first of all not having uh there's so many statistics not having ad blockers on your phone right so you're doing everything mobile there's a less percentage of the population that is doing um shopping on their uh, on their computer than on their phone compared to the us so there's less ad blockers so suddenly ads are more uh valuable um there's less distrust of ads so ads are more effective right these the sort of markets I traded my, my job before I got into e-commerce, I traded for four years. That, that was awful for my mental health. I hated it. Um, no, no one ever do that in your life. Seriously. Anyone that says that you can get rich quick trading, it's tough. But um, what I realized is what you really got to do is look for these inefficient markets. These markets where you're still, you're going to have growing pains. So you're going to have, just friction, you don't have all, all the tools or all the whatever, because that's where you can really like provide solutions and grow with the market, right? That's sort of my mantra. And like, as soon as in, in, in seven years when Amazon Mexico is all fleshed out and built out and everyone's already, and it's a huge competition, I'll probably move on to something else, <laughs> right? Like 
I'll probably find a different inefficient market to to something will pop up. Exactly. I mean, it feels like we're how many uh, AI millionaires do you think there are? Right no now? kidding. No mm-hmm. kidding. Like, you got to keep looking for these like places where people need value and aren't getting it. So interesting. What, do you work with anybody um, that maybe wants to launch a product um, and like start an FBA business on Amazon? They have no experience with it in the past but they don't want to start in the U S they'd rather start in a, a marketplace where it's less competition. Is that a is yes. that an opportunity for people right now that are, that are looking to do that? Cause I mean, the, the U S marketplace, there's challenges now. It's very hard to to, to have a thousand dollars as a, as a startup budget and launch a product in the U S marketplace. Yeah. But maybe if you're looking to start a business, maybe this is a way to, to approach it. To start in a different uh, yes, we actually like um, like I said, we have a couple of Mexican uh, clients that are literally just launching in, in Mexico. And what the way they're seeing it is, I want to build the capital to then go to the U.S. Yeah, right, because that is a different ballgame. And I will say something: um, it's not only capital. There's also skill involved. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know this. There are skilled sellers that will out execute you at every turn Mm -hmm. oh you're doing really well on the keyword guess what now it's in my title and now i've just pushed right past you and it gets really tough right like the way i see it i I mean we have all these conversations within the agency which is there's we have to be on point because there's people out there spending hours every day for that single half a percentage of conversion uh, rate Mm-hmm. Like this is a very difficult game. Um, I'm lucky that I got to learn this game through an agency uh, standpoint years ago, you know. But um, in Mexico, that skill that skill ceiling is is a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, what we're seeing is Mexican sellers are also like are are making money hand over fist. I remember I was looking at, at, at some comp- comp- at some competitor. For launching products because i also did retail arbitrage for a little bit um because that was it was crazy like retail arbitrage was really like putting money in my pocket for doing nothing it was crazy mm-hmm. that's like when's the last time you heard that in the u.s like it doesn't happen anymore you know <laughs> um and i was looking at my competitor and then i realized they have a, a bunch of their own brands so they had moved on from that and they were selling i think it was like half a million a month Jeez. uh in like in like two or three brands that they had launched and he lived six blocks away from me <laughs> like i saw his business address was his home address because I, I was like oh this this freaking guy yeah and now they're doing ridiculous numbers now we actually know them now i won't say names but um yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a road to like, hey, I want to launch in Mexico. I'm gonna build up sort of the skills and the capital, and then move into the U.S. That's happening a lot. Ramiro, that it's fascinating. I mean, all of this we've learned a lot, and I know I mean, there's got to be so many people watching and listening right now that are like, I need to do this. I need to get in touch with Ramiro. You really, honestly, you really do. You yeah. really do. Like, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like you said, what, I mean, if you can add 15% uh, volume, why not? I mean, that's it's like, go for it. So how do people, what do they need to do? What do they need to do to work with you, get the conversation started? So, uh, oh, that was, okay. Um, so we actually, my, I foolishly, uh, the hubris, <laughs> I have my, uh, my Calendly open. So <laughs> it's, um, geez, you can go to goavance.com, uh, sign up for a newsletter that you can be, we can basically the way we're running a newsletter right now isn't like a, a regular, like. Because the thing is, like, hey, neat news. Here you go. Neat news. Here you go. Whenever they, whenever we're finding more and more things, um, you can sign up for a newsletter, uh, or you can reach out via the website. We have a messaging space, or we have a book a call button. And honestly, like right now, we're at a spot where we've built up the infrastructure internally to be able to quickly assess whether uh, the product is the project is viable for you, right? And if the project is viable for you, then we can start talking about next steps but right now we're just trying to help people assess whether they should be interested in mexico love so, it I yeah love i'm it. on your guys website now there's a little contact button at the top right lots of ways to get in contact with them absolutely yep we'll make sure that link is everywhere ramiro uh everyone yeah. go check out goavance.com Thanks for thanks for uh, joining us. We will definitely love to to stay in touch and keep up with what's going on. I mean, it's like it's anything like what happened in the U.S. marketplace. Every day there's a change. Uh, every day something's better, tougher, whatever. So we want to we want to follow it up. Inform consumers act. Hey, by the way, your account's going to be deactivated. Oh no, panic! Uh, yeah, <laughs> guys, exactly. seriously, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you thank for having me. We, absolute pleasure um, yep we really enjoyed it and we encourage everyone to go check you guys out goavance.com uh so thanks Romero for joining us and thanks everybody thanks. for tuning in today it's been a lot of fun and we'll be back at this again on the next next episode tomorrow see you everybody